0: Uh, I think it was just before Easter, uh, within a talk that Mike uh, Blaber was doing on what it looks like to be centred on God in our work... Uh, Lucy uh, got to share. And I know uh, after that, uh, kind of her sharing within that, I just was inundated by different people coming up to me saying, man, why can't we get Lucy to preach? Why can't we hear a bit more from her? And as, as uh, we kind of talked about as a family, part of uh, us working out is Lucy kind of is a full-time English teacher, so we're never wanting to add more pressure to her. But just think actually it would be great to get more uh, of Lucy uh, amongst us, as I know we benefit loads as a family unit of all that Lucy gets to bring. We all get to benefit, actually, because often stuff that I've preached within Oasis runs through with Lucy first, and she kind of helps me say, actually, that's not very good. Why do not you do this? And so usually the good stuff's her anyway, so you usually get to hear her anyway. Um, so I think we're in for a tree, and so I wonder if we could welcome Lucy, uh, and then we'll get on from there. Okay.
1: Great, thank you. Um, By way of introduction, I'd like to explain a little bit of the journey I have been on that has brought me to be standing here this morning. Um, In May, I attended Catalyst Festival. And during one session in particular, we were very grateful to be prayed for as a family. Um, A man and woman prayed for us, and the man said, Adrian, I can see there's some sort of leadership on you. Well, yes, that's correct. Um, And then then a lady spoke to me, and it, it was kind but strong she said t- to me God says to you come out of the shadows and stop hiding <laughs> so like you do at a festival I said okay yeah great and Adrian said great so you're going to preach now <laughs> um, so there was a clear instruction to stop hiding and to not be afraid to use my voice I knew that meant as well as stepping out in prayer and prophecy it was time to speak on a Sunday morning. Um, Although this has been suggested to me before, internal battles over recent years with my own anxiety and fallout from postnatal depression, insecurity, has led me to just hide. Um, And those of you who know me well know that's the truth. Um, So for me, the decision to say yes to speaking and then actually turning up this morning It's a direct response to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, and it's a step of obedience. As I was preparing this, I felt that before we get into Scripture, I should share this to encourage those of us here who are hiding to come out, emerge. At Oasis, we want to see all the colours of all of us, um, enjoying the journey that God has us on together. So please don't hide the real you. I'd like to invite you to come out of the shadows with me and share greater freedom together. We want a more complete expression of God's kingdom here. And if you know that's you, I'd love to pray with you later on at the end. Okay, <coughs> right. Today, we're continuing our series in Sermon on the Mount, where we'll be reading from Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 24. Last week we heard from Sarah about the joy of connecting with our Heavenly Father through prayer and fasting. Next week Matt will be speaking about dealing with worry. Today the passage we're looking at really gets to the heart of what do we value most highly. I'd just like to take a moment to pause and ponder this question. What is most precious to you? Jesus teaches in the passage that we're going to look at that we are to invest ourselves fully in our spiritual lives and we are to trust fully in our Heavenly Father. Thus, today's passage is concerned with money, but it would perhaps be more accurate to say that it's about our loyalty, our priorities, and our values. Let's have a look at the passage. Um, I think it should appear up here. Yeah. Um, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Okay, so we're going to go through this passage in three sections. First of all, um, storing up treasures in heaven. Secondly, staying focused. And thirdly, choosing wisely. Let's look at storing up treasures in heaven. First, Jesus explains that we are not to store up treasure on earth, but instead to invest in our spiritual life or treasure in heaven. In other words, we are not to so invest ourselves in this earthly life that we miss the central priority of our whole life. God himself. It's so easy in the busyness of everyday life to miss the simple truth that we came face-to-face with in worship. All that really matters is him. So what does it mean to store up treasure on earth? Is Jesus saying we should give away all our possessions? Maybe. I certainly think he wants us, me, to reconsider the value that we can place on (coughs) earthly things and to be willing to reconsider our attitudes towards stuff. One writer puts it like this, the more attention we pay to our possessions, the less we have for our inner life and the needs of others. She writes about a friend of hers who inspired her. He expressed this, I felt that I should only take from life what I needed to sustain myself and to give back whatever I could. I felt that by living from my love outwards, giving away all that I could, I would indeed have enough to get by. Treasures in heaven are offered as the contrast, the very opposite to treasure on earth. We cannot be fully investing ourselves spiritually if we're also investing in um, or consumed by a desire for stuff. I was first confronted by this in quite a direct and strong way at the tender age of 14 when I attended a Greenbelt Music Festival. Um, I queued with excitement to see my favourite band at the time, a punk band called One Bag Pig, there they are, Unbelievably, <laughs> unbelievably, they're still going strong.
2: Um,
1: the lead singer stood up at the start of the gig with his guitar. He said, I love my guitar. He's from Texas, but I can't do that accent. I love my guitar, but I love the Lord more. So I'm going to smash my guitar. And the song, Smash a Guitar, mainly involved the rest of the band going nuts on stage and him smashing it up. As you can imagine, I really love that. <laughs> I have to say, in the last 24 years since that event, I haven't personally felt prompted to actually smash up my possessions. But I have been reminded by it, by the extremity of that example, to give things away or to smash up my own longing for earthly things. Maybe by choosing not to go to places that are full of lovely earthly things I'd quite like. We're missing the point of this life if it's not centred on investing in the true treasure of living out each day in the presence of our Father. Sarah reminded us so eloquently last week of who our Father is. Our loving, kind, wonderful, majestic, almighty Father. He loves us, he's for us, he longs to bless us with heavenly treasure. Treasures in heaven aren't just the spiritual blessings we'll receive in the future. We are going to look at that in a moment. But heaven, the word heaven that's used in this passage, is also referring to where God is right now. If we invest our lives in learning to love and serve God now, then we can receive true treasure now, as well as in our future beyond the grave. One of my favourite verses in the Bible, I don't know if you'll add those, but I've got some, says this. (laughs) 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are committed to him. I love that idea. Because actually, actively, consciously looking for people he can strengthen and bless and build up. If you're a believer, I think it's likely that you have already experienced some level of spiritual blessing in your life. And I'm going to ask you something not very English in a moment, which is to shout out, yes, not yet. I'm going to ask you a question in a moment. I'm going to ask you, if you've already experienced heavenly treasure in this life, would you be kind enough to join me in saying, yes? Have you experienced spiritual blessing in this life? Yes. It's good news. It's good news. Jesus is teaching that heavenly treasure, which won't suffer problems like being stolen or rotting or rusting or being eaten by vermin, is available both right now and in a glorious spiritual future after death. And the wonderful thing about heavenly treasures is they're not rewards because of our actions, they're a reflection of who he is. These treasures are based not on our merit, but on his character of irrepressible, everlasting, generosity and joyful giving. Okay. So, thanks. Um, let make... Make it slightly practical. How can we keep treasures in heaven at the forefront of our minds? A couple of practical ideas. One is spending time remembering who a wonderful father is, spending time in the Lord's prayer, thanking him for who he is, enjoying his fatherhood. Secondly, challenging ourselves, asking ourselves, who is it that I'm living for? If it comes down to it, are earthly things or heavenly treasures at the top of my list of things that I'm thinking about, talking about, Doing day to day, what am I actually investing my time, my energy, my care, my passions in? and thirdly, and I want to actually do this now is to strengthen our inner being by reminding ourselves about that heavenly treasure in the future. Um, in a moment i 'm going to read an extract from a book by an American writer called Randy olcorn he 's written many books he 's written at length and in detail about heaven. Um, some of them theological books, some of them more creative. And the text I'm going to read from is called Safely Home, and it describes the life and then afterlife of um, a persecuted Chinese Christian, Li Quan. Although this extract I'm going to read is fictional, it's rooted in scriptural passages. As I read, I'd really like you to um, place yourself there. You might want to close your eyes if you want a nap or if it helps you concentrate. Um, because one day it really will be us who are there experiencing something like what's described here. Um, let me just read, read from this. Oops. Okay, so I'm going to read from a point where um, Lee Kwon ha- has died and made it to heaven, and he's just met with Jesus, who incidentally, I didn't have time to read the whole extract, rushes off his throne to greet him as he approaches the throne of God. Okay. Suddenly, the king lifted him off the ground, held him out with arms straight and cried out in a voice that didn't hurt Quan's ears, but he was sure could be heard a million light years away. Well done, my good and faithful servant. His voice roared like a lion's and his sweet, hot breath blew upon Quan's face. You were Li Kuan of Hangzhou. You are now Li Kuan of heaven, the great city, capital of the eternal country without borders. You have been faithful, and I will put you in charge of much. Enter the joy of your Lord. While Li Kuan tried to understand what he was hearing, thunderclaps exploded around him. It took a moment to realize it was applause. He saw many rushing through the side doors of the palace. The guards stepped to one side, permitting this irregularity, this violation of palace protocol, since these were the king's own children. They rushed forwards to Quan and the king, running across the red carpet that angels dared not tread. Kwan saw his great-grandfather, his grandfather, and his father stood together. They applauded him as the front row of a cloud of witnesses who could vouch for his life well-lived." He saw the angel standing at the king's right hand, applauding slowly and deliberately. And then he saw something he'd never imagined. Lee Kuan saw the king's hands clap against each other. The sound was so great it pushed him backwards. It was the sound above all sounds, the sound for which his ears had been made and to which his hearing was now attuned. Never until this moment had Lee Kuan, the lowly locksmith's assistant, heard the applause of heaven. I'll read a tiny bit more. Later on, Jesus takes him for a walk. What do you think of your new home? I made it for you. Quan gazed across the horizon, overwhelmed with hundreds of colours he'd never seen, or if he had seen them, his eyes had been incapable of distinguishing them. He gasped, so enthralled in it all that he didn't hear himself gasp. He'd never been so lost in something, so immersed in delight. The pure air of heaven filled his lungs. He saw trees that cast light instead of shadows. He remembered his favorite place on earth and realized the best parts of that world had been but a sneak preview of this one. Compared to what he now beheld, the world from which he'd come was a land of shadows, colorless and two-dimensional. I know what this place is, Quan said. Tell me, said the king. This is the substance that casts shadows in the other world. The circles there are copies of the spheres here. The squares there are copies of the cubes here. Earth was a flatland. This is how many dimensions are there here? Far more than you have seen yet, said the king, laughing. This is the place that defines and gives meaning to all places, Li Kwan said. I could never have imagined it would be like this. No more, said the king, than an unborn child can imagine the wonders that lie beyond the womb. All your life, Li Kwan, you have longed for a person and a place. I am that person. This is that place. When you longed for a great house in the world, you were longing for my house. You just didn't know it. Last 30 seconds, hang on there with me. My children there never dream too big. They dream too small. They choose to play in the mud on a cold rainy day when I offer them open green meadows in the sun, clear flowing streams, majestic mountains, endless beaches, blue skies, stars that are gateways to innumerable worlds beyond. The sons of Adam try so hard to be satisfied with so little. It keeps them from ever being satisfied at all. If you like that, there's 400 more pages of it available. (laughs) Okay, so that's point number one. Points two and three be quicker. Let's spur one another on to set our sights on that true treasure, our wonderful future with him, and the joy of grasping some of that right now. Okay, point two, stay focused. In verses 22 to 23, Jesus challenges us to be more good-looking or Perhaps I should say, to be looking at more good. You know what I mean. He tells us that with good eyes, our whole body will be full of light. Um, I think it's actually translated healthy um, in the text I read out, but we're familiar with the passage, good eyes, bad eyes. The Greek word haplous, which is translated here as good, actually carries quite a lot more meaning than that. Haplous actually can imply single, complete, or perfect. So it can imply a single eye is a m- metaphor for being completely single-minded in pursuit of God. Interestingly, well, I think it's interesting because I like words. The same root word, um, which sort of translates as haplotes, is also used in the New Testament. And that carries these meanings, uh, being generous, being open-hearted, and being warm. So it seems to me that Jesus is deliberately creating quite a depth of meaning when he says... Um, having good eyes, it means both a life of undivided loyalty to God and one of unhampered generosity. The hapless eye is about money, but it's also about our whole hearts. It's vital that we approach life with a generous and warm appraisal of other people. The alternative is simply a life full of darkness. The bad eye of selfishness, materialism and a mean critical spirit Gives us no light, it doesn't show us how to live. I saw this uh, really clearly in December. Um, At my school, I have a form of 28 grumpy 14, 15-year-olds, and I bought them an advent calendar with chocolates in, so I thought it might help them feel happier. And I took it into the classroom, and in the same moment, one pupil responded: Wow, look, Miss everyone, Miss has brought us a lovely present we can all share. Different pupil interesting, slightly more affluent background, but anyway, um, said, one between all of us, that's never gonna work. It really struck me in that moment, an incredibly different response, and I think it reflected the difference in those two girls' hearts, of being able to receive and enjoy life. Um, I think here we can respond metaphorically to this. Are we staying focused on him? What condition are our hearts in? I think we can also respond really practically and consider what do we physically look at that distracts us from God. And Adrian spoke a while ago about purity and he mentioned um, in passing sort of television programs and internet consumption that can distract us. Um, I was thinking about how actually we can be distracted by looking at good things, things that aren't inherently impure or evil. They're good things, but they're still a distraction from the best thing. I've got a comedy example that illustrated this recently. Um, a few months ago, I met somebody new to the area. She was re- really friendly, and she told me she was interested in finding a church. I said, that's great. My husband's the leader of a church near here. Look us up on the internet and come along if you like to, if you like what you see. The next time I saw her, she bounced up to me. I loved your church website. I spent 40 minutes on it when I was at work. Right, good. <laughs> and... <laughs> Would you like to come along to Oasis? Oh, no, I'm going to stick with travelling back to my old church. But gosh, your husband's good looking. (laughs) It was a slightly, slightly disturbing moment. (laughs) Obviously, I had to agree. It would have been rude not to. But I think, you spent 40 minutes looking at Adrian or other things on our website. (laughs) Distracted, not by something evil, but just... (laughs) And any, any single one of us, me every day, Adrian always says when he preaches, he preaches first to himself. And when I preach, I preach first to him, no, first <laughs> to myself. Um, anyone can fall into a trap of looking too much at good things and missing the very best thing, Jesus. Okay, this brings me to the third and final point, choose wisely. Jesus' third point in this passage is that we have to choose. There's no halfway house here. Who are we going to be loyal to? God or money. The real problem with money is not money itself, but the hold that it can exert over us so easily. I read this Jewish story this week about a man trying to find a spiritual teacher. In the town, he finds a teacher living in a fine house, surrounded by possessions. He turns away in disgust. In the desert, he finds a man dressed in rags, sitting on a rock. Just imagine, he said, that first teacher I went to was surrounded with possessions. The man on the rock began to weep. Why are you crying? The the seeker asked in astonishment. That teacher is able to have possessions because he's detached from them. I couldn't handle them, and that's why I live here. It's our attitude to material possessions that's more important than how much we actually own. It's our heart that Jesus is questioning. And I was thinking about this, and I think at the crux of it is who do you trust? Who do you trust? If I trust in money, I will do all that I can to acquire and keep money. Money will be my master and other people's needs will become of less importance to me. But if I trust in God to provide for me, it frees me to live generously. I will talk about the Bible in a moment, but I've just brought a little friend with me. She's looking a bit sad now. There is a point. This is a lady unicorn. She's been with us for three weeks now. Um, Three weeks ago, my youngest daughter, Rebecca, had a birthday party and mentioned, as children do, just a couple of days beforehand that she'd like one of these. A unicorn balloon, please, at my party. You'd think that would be quite easily come by in in Britain's second city, but no. Um, I invested... Probably too much time in trying to track down a unicorn balloon that could arrive on time. Anyway, eventually I headed to the city centre where I met a balloon seller who I think thought I was absolutely off my rock. So I was so happy that he had one unicorn, lady unicorn balloon. And uh, I paid double the price because I was so thrilled. Anyway, and I then, as she, when she was fully inflated, I had to hold her like this. And I was skipping through the city centre, <laughs> singing, because I was so delighted. Um, and a big issue seller approached me. He must have thought, she's so bonkers, she's up for it. I said, I don't like your publication. There are so many grammatical errors. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Next time you it, it's true. I said, but have all my money. And I gave him everything in my purse, which wasn't a lot. It's not a point, say, are generous. The point was, my anxiety, my need... Had been covered. I was so delighted and thrilled. Someone else had a need, of course, take everything. Later I realized I didn't have money for the car park and I had to ring Agent, but that's <laughs> a different story. <laughs> so um, that's the end of her, isn't it? Yeah. I don't need to touch anymore. Okay. So, yes, when I trust in God and I know God meeting my needs, uh, then I can freely give. Um, Let's look at what the Bible says about this. Matt, I know we'll be talking about this next week. Matthew 6, verse 32 says, Your heavenly Father knows that you need things. Actually, he says these things, but he knows you need things. Romans 8, 31, 32, this is everyone's favourite verse, isn't it? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own Son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? I never grow tired of reading these verses and remembering the many ways God has provided for me in the past. This protects me from fear and it protects me from becoming hard-hearted when I see other people's needs. So when we choose to trust in the right one, when we choose the right master, then we're released to give freely. Indeed, this John Piper, I can't take credit for this, he says, When we give generously, we show that Christ is our true treasure and that we love others more than our own comfort and security. Isn't this how Jesus himself lived? And all of this ties back to the first point of storing up treasure in heaven. Randy Alcorn again says, The greatest deterrent to giving to others is the illusion that earth is our home. It's not. Christ is our home. To conclude, How should we live then if we're serving God? First, by placing our trust in him. Secondly, by joyfully receiving from him. Thirdly, by responding with freely giving. Then, where we are blessed financially, using our money and possessions for good. This week, I heard of a family in our church who'd had their car written off in an accident and their washing machine broke. That's a bad week in my book. Adrian said he'd just been in a meeting with Gus discussing how best can we support this couple or this family. What, what should we do? He received a phone call. A couple in the church had given their car to this family. I heard this morning they've also been given a washing machine. Here's a tangible, right now, today, example of generosity, a warmth of heart, a focus on a lasting treasure, a willingness to put somebody else's needs before our own. We don't all need to give our cars and washing machines to that family. But let's be inspired by that example. Let's finish off by returning to those questions. What is most precious to you? What are you investing in? It is about money, but it's also about your time, your talents, your energy, your care and compassion. And who are you trusting in? Who's your master? And I've got a little visual aid somewhere. The welcome team got them. Well, the welcome team can pass the baskets around again. But they hopefully, are full of gold coins, not real ones. I'd really like you to take one, even if you're lactose intolerant. Um, (laughs) I've I've got these because I wanted to give you a symbol um, of God's love and provision and kindness towards each of us. And as you take one, make a choice. If you panic and think, I might never get another gold chocolate coin and put it in your cupboards at home, a thief might come and steal it. A rat might break in and eat it, or it might just go out of date (laughs) and be useless. Here's another thought. If you hold it too tightly, as toddlers are prone to, it will melt and just leave a sticky, nasty mess. How about if instead you allow yourself to enjoy it, you can quietly eat it. It's for you. God loves to give to us. Or perhaps you can give it away. Give it away to somebody. I'm very happy to receive if you if that's <laughs> what you'd like to do. Okay, that's it. Oh.
0: <laughs> okay, what I want us to do just while the coins are getting passed around, I'm just going to get Andrew. I'm uh, hoping to come up, and I thought a great way of. Um, I guess all of us being able to respond uh, to everything that's been shared, I was just taking a moment then and, and saying, actually, I want to react to this and, and say, God, I, I want to fix my sights on you. It may be that we've come this morning, we say, well, I, I don't even know if I, I know God fully. But man, if that's a destiny that's being painted, may, maybe I'd like to know something of that. And for us, it's to say, God, I, I want to know something of you. But for many of us here, it is that we we do know who God is. And that actually we do have this amazing hope of this treasure that is to come that we get to both have and receive now, as well as look forward to in the future. And I just thought it'd be great to therefore take a moment to actually kind of respond to it and say, God, therefore, I want to again say that I don't want to serve anything else but you. I want to say my life will be truly satisfied only in you. And therefore, as I find my satisfaction in you, I therefore want to continuously give everything I have to others in order that they can sure to find their satisfaction in you. And so I've asked Andrew to lead us in an old song uh, of uh, I lift my hands to the coming king. And I thought it would just be a great way of us therefore just you know, to pause and just give voice and allow the very core of our being to say, God, this is what I decide in this moment. So I wonder if we could stand and uh, Andrew will lead us.
3: trust in the words. I lift my hands. I lift my hands to the coming King, to the great I am, to you I see.
0: in this place I want to give us a moment to respond and we're doing it in two different ways the first way is just to say actively kind of in response to what we've sung of just saying Jesus I come and I I give everything I am everything I want to be everything I have again to you and how I want to do that is just to put our hands out as a way of saying just here you go and for some of us we're going to think man can I really do that really do that and what's going to happen and for us probably the boldest thing we could do is to say Jesus I'm trusting you with this for others of us it's this sense we just know that we've got distracted we've kept some stuff in our hands and we thought no I want to keep this for me and it's just a way of saying Jesus I trust this to you for some of us it's material things for some of us it's our future It's relationships, it's our family, it's our children. He's just saying, Jesus, it's yours. Use it. So just in this moment, why don't you tell him what it is in the hands that you're giving him? I'm going to pray for us. Jesus, thank you so much that you know each of us. You know everything about us. You know every thought before we speak it out. And Jesus, you're interested in everything about us. And Jesus, you're interested in the stuff that we've got in our hands. And Jesus, we just come collectively together and just say that we give it to you. And we say, Jesus, we're not trusting in this. We're rather trusting in you. And Jesus, I want to pray for different ones of us. I pray for some of us where it's the first time we've ever said, Jesus, I trust you with this. I pray would you come now and you cause us to know that in the depth of our heart, by your spirit, that you're one who's so for us, who's never going to let us down, who desires good things for us, and has shown that because you're never, ever going to leave us. Jesus, I want to pray for many of us where we just say that we don't want to get consumed by the things in our hands. We rather want to keep lifting our heads up and offering everything to you. Just saying, Jesus, we look at you and just see how much we have. How much there's yet to explore in the hope and the future we have in you. And therefore, Jesus, we just come and say this morning again, we say, would you have it all? Would you have your way in everything? We just ask that, Jesus. just also want to get some time to praise. So we're in this place just for what Lucy opened with and we could forget that if we're not careful. You know, we want to just keep facing and fix our eyes on this amazing future we have, this amazing God we get to enjoy, but also that that call from Lucy, let's not be those who hang out in the shadows, let's be those who step out in the light and allow who we are as a community to be enriched by the color that each and every one of us brings in order that we be able to reveal just the wonder of what it looks like when God's kingdom comes together. And I just reckon on the fact that, just for a few of us, might be more, you know who you are, you just know, man, I've lingered around in black and white and shades and I don't want to do that anymore. And part of us trusting is not only saying, Jesus, I trust you with this. It's also saying, Jesus, I want to lift my hands say, I trust this community with me. To start to explore, to reveal the technicolor that you've created in me. And just if that's you, I'm going to ask you to do a really brave thing. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand up, not just up halfway, I mean up high, as a way of saying, it's me. I know that's that's kind of a scary thing to do, but I think it's an important thing to do. And if you know it's you, I'm going to count to three, so you know that you've not done it before everyone else. Uh, But when I get to three, you then put your hand up, and then I'll pray for you. And maybe I'll get some others to pray for you as well, because we want to be enriched by the colour that you're going to bring. So one, two, three. Put your hand up. Already A load of hands immediately. So I'm just going to linger for a moment, because I reckon there's someone who thought, can it possibly be me? Oh yes, yeah, you as well. So you put your hand up now. Jesus, I thank you for every hand that's gone up. God, I thank you for the hand that goes up that reveals the decision to say, I'm not going to hang out in the shade. I'm not going to kind of be blended in into shadows and grayness. Rather, I'm going to step forward and trust not only you, Jesus, but this community to say, I want to reveal the technicolor that you've placed within me here. And Jesus, we just ask now by your Holy Spirit, would you come and would you cause us to benefit from the rich colour that you've placed into individuals here, I really ask that, Jesus. Just those of you who got your hands right up. I just want to just say, just keep them up for a moment. Just those of us who have, and let's just turn around and just kind of put our hand on those and just say, Jesus, all you need to pray is, Jesus, would you cause this person to know that we really, really want to see all the colour that you've placed inside of them. And we want to pray for more of a release of who they are and who we are. That's so all you've got to pray. Just for others of us who are maybe not praying for people at the moment, that's okay. What I'd uh, say is we'll probably just sing this song through one more time so we can sing. As the others are getting prayed for. And then, then our i will just end. But that, that'll be it. But Andrew just lead us once more through this song.
2: I
3: lift my hands to the coming King to the great I am to you I sing for you're the one who reigns within my heart and I will sing Or any other treasure, you are my heart's desire. Spirit. of no. love.
0: okay we're going to end there Uh, if you're praying for people please do continue to pray for them Uh, for those of us who've got children can I encourage you to go around and uh, get them I know some of them will be slightly cheesed off because they'll be halfway through the Lego movie and be thinking man I want to watch the rest of this but tell them we will watch the rest of it at some point but we're going to end there can I encourage us to live as a community not with a kind of embarrassed sense of continuously encouraging one another to say let's not get satisfied with this earth Let's keep looking forward to how God's going to renew it and how everything we ever need is in Jesus. And let's not kind of see that as some kind of, oh yeah, if we say that to one another, we're all going to think we're a bit super spiritual. Oh no, no, it's not that. It's th- it's actually natural. That's just who we are. So can I encourage us to say, let's not settle for second best in what we look at. Otherwise, we're done. Feel free to go and grab yourself a drink if you want to. Uh, and please grab a child if they're yours. Otherwise, see you next week.